Hello, podcast listeners. This is Robert, your host, and welcome to another podcast. But before I roll on with this new one, I wanted to encourage you to visit my new site, patreon.com forward slash a quiet mind. And I have put this site up to um, encourage you to become involved in helping me to complete a few projects that have been on the back burner for quite a while for A Quiet Mind. And that is the book, How to Wake Up in the Dream World, and also the meditation series. Um, These are guided meditations that use uh, the sounds of nature to help us relax and focus in on our meditation. So, please go over there and visit patreon.com forward slash A Quiet Mind to help me uh, subsidize some of these uh, production costs on the book and the guided meditation so that I can make them available to you. Thank you so much for listening, and here's your new podcast. Well, here we are again, flying along in our big old spaceship we call planet Earth, in the void the source of all things, the energy that holds the cosmos and everything that's in it, including us, the loving awareness, the thing that is the no thing that we are. So this podcast will prove to be interesting. I've decided to Destroy or smash an old paradigm of mine, an old model that I had, which goes something like this. Wow, this spiritual stuff is really great, but how do I use it in my life? It doesn't work unless I can put it into practice in my life. So, hold on to your whatevers. People don't wear too many hats these days, do they? Baseball cap, uh, whatever it is you're wearing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to just smash this because as I've been going along talking to you for all these years, I've come to this conclusion that what I'm sharing here is ever-changing. I mean, there is the absolute. There is the one thing that is there, that is the constant in all of this, that we could say is the self with the capital S, not the tiny S, which would be the ego. But even that in and of itself is still a concept of the mind, and it still can be a goal that we set for ourselves to understand the true self. And then once we do, problems will be solved, our life will be great, everything will be fine. We will be enlightened, happy, joyful, blissful, and nothing will ever bother us again. Not only that, we'll radiate a light that people are attracted to like uh, moths to a flame, if you will. So... Paradigm smashing. That's a great idea, especially when you might think that 
wow, I could really lose all of those people out there that are listening to me. Well, that's fine. So here I go. Instead of us trying to find on our spiritual journey some sort of panacea or the next great book or the next be here now or the next be in the moment or the next Robert Jackson talks about stuff on a quiet mind that, I don't know, sounds kind of interesting um, or not. Why don't we take a look at that there's, there's no net there. There's no one thing that's going to release us from another thing. This is still dualism. This is still, this is not a non-dual approach. Even a non-dual approach is approached with a mind. A Robert thing. What a quandary. So anyway, instead of trying to find these little tools to put into practice to make our, uh, a better life and give us a way to be able to stand in line in the bank without going completely bonkers, why don't we go all the way to the tippy top? The top of the tippy top. What the heck is that? Sounds like another concept to me. There goes the 1148 whistle. I don't know if you can hear it. So that means it's 11, well, 11.47 here in the town of Jerome. It's a balmy 70 degrees inside of uh, the podcasting studio, mom and dad's house. I came down here because it's a little quieter. Um, we recently had a rally here of motorcycles that were going past my studio. There were hundreds of them. So it was a little, uh, it was a little thumpy and bumpy. So... I came here to tell you some stuff. Last podcast, I listened to it again. I thought, wow, I mean, that's, that's okay. <laughs> Everything is there. And sometimes I'll go back and re-listen to other podcasts and I'll go, well, you know, wow, seems like it's all there. And then I say, well, then there's nothing much for me to say. So hence, not very many podcasts or I can't rightly speak on this unless I have really put it into practice for myself and found that it made a difference in my life, and now I can tell you about it. So, then what the heck am I doing here? I don't know, reminding you. We're trying to find things. We're trying to find happiness. We're trying to find joy. We're trying to find balance. We're trying to be in the moment. We're trying to be here now. How the hell can we do that when we, we look outside of the day-to-day, -day, the what's in front of my next, you know, my face, my, my next step that I'm going to take? Everything seems to be in order, so to speak, and then there is a movement to creating more order within that which seemingly looks orderly, but when you really take it apart in kind of a metaphysical standpoint, or even if you look at it like as a cosmologist, which I am not, or a, a quantum theorist, which I am not, looking at why are things doing what they're doing? How did we get here? What is this all about? How does it work? How does it function? 
What's behind the curtain? And once maybe I know this, then I will be what? Fill in the blank. Once I read the right thing or find the right paradigm or model or practice or way, I will be what? Fill in the blank. What are we looking for? I thought, wow, you know what? If my mind stopped chattering, everything would be fine. I'd be more like a cat or a dog or a bird. I'd be more like an animal. If, and I mean, when I mean mind, I mean the, the, uh, the arising thoughts, okay? The stories of the past, the hopes and dreams of the future, the anxieties of the present, the replaying of old or bad memories, the angst, the uh, thirst, the hunger, the lust, whatever you want to call it, the driving force. You wake up in the morning and it turns on. You get in the shower and it starts telling you a whole bunch of things. Mainly what it's telling you is if only, or when we, or whatever, fill in the blank. I mean, it starts to talk to you and tell you what to do with yourself. And it also critiques you, critiques your body, critiques your your career path, critiques your uh, material possessions, critiques your relationships. So we have this, this, and then there's the discursive thought, the thought that's just bouncing all over the place, right, that won't leave you alone. Some people can't sleep at night. There's so much thought. And that belief system that we have in place is the thinking, the thought, the mind, that identification, the the thing, the voices in our head, that's who we are, that's what we want, that's what we need, that's what we need to get rid of. That is the boss, the captain of the whole ship. So then we might decide to break it down and say, wait a minute, there's got to be some other way to do this thing. So that's been my quote-unquote path or journey for the past 30 years or so. I can remember even thinking of this a lot earlier. When I was a little kid, my dad used to bring home these tapes about how to be a better salesman, and they were the greatest salesman on earth, how, how to win friends and influence people, all, all, all kinds of stuff like this. And I got into the habit of taking the cassette player into my bedroom at night, and it had like one single earplug, and I'd put that in, and I would listen to these tapes until I fell asleep. And so, you know, and the one thing had a continuous play, so it would play for hours, and I'd wake up. Sometimes it'd still be going, and I'd turn it off. So I got in this habit when I was about 10 or 11 years old of listening to these people think about things that were actually the way that you could utilize your mind instead of having it um, uh, dictate to you what to do, that you could change or shift your thoughts or thinking into having what it was that you wanted. So it was all about getting what you want. Material things, money, relationships, positions at jobs, great career path, whatever. These were all about get what you want and then you will be happy. So this stuff was just poured into my brain as a kid. Not only that, it was on television, it was in all advertising. And it was just, you know, the next thing you get is going to be that thing that makes everything okay. 
So that was my programming as a youth. That and being bullied at school that there was something wrong with me because I was fat. Okay, so that, that's kind of my, my conditioning, right? Oh, I changed my body. People will like me. Girls will like me. I'll have more friends. I'll influence people. I get the new shiny bike. I get the new skateboard. I get, you know, the new pair of shoes. I get, you know, whatever is next. And then I'm going to feel happy. And there would be a, a, a feeling of happiness for a little while when those things were achieved. And then it would go on to the next thing. But we've covered that a lot in the podcast. But what I'm trying to talk to you about now is this, this seeking of the spiritual answer that is the equivalent to the new car. That new shiny thing that's out there, that once I see that, once I experience it, once I have it, once I read it, there's going to be the bang. I get it. Enlightenment. I've got it. And enlightenment is, is nirvana. It's pure bliss and joy. I will rise above all other beings to a point of where nothing is ever going to bother me again. Imperturbability. This was my uh, walk, if you will. Enlightenment, that thing, the mind being quiet. Because the mind gets quiet and stays quiet, that's nirvana. Okay? So you practice to quiet the mind, which I learned how to do. I could quiet my mind. <laughs> and then it happens, and I have this amazing awakening experience, quote-unquote. <laughs> and now I'm talking to you. But I've been doing it since 2005. And along the way, what was happening was I was, I was mingling my, my direct experience of, of love, of oneness, not even an experience, the seeing that of what was already there and present in all of us and all things, the energy that we truly are, this thing we call the suchness, the great loving awareness, like I mentioned before, that is holding everything, this consciousness being bliss. Even that messes it up. As soon as you start talking about it, like I've said before, you've stepped on the banana peel, the giant enlightenment banana peel, <laughs> and you've fallen on your ass. Okay, so great. Here I am, falling on my ass again. Uh, I'm happy that you're here with me. So, I'm digressing again. But, I am making a point. That point is, everything at one point or another, or another has got to be thrown out. We have to let go of all the perceptions that we have of the great source, the holy magical unicorn, whatever it is you're looking for, oneness with God, um, absolute total bliss, uh, awakening, self-realization. Stop being a seeker. Easy to say. Stop thinking. <laughs> Impossible. Just stop is another one that I hear a lot. I've said it a lot. Why? Why do we say these things? Because along the way and maybe in that moment, a realization has occurred in the moment of stopping that, bang, that's it. Well, guess what? This is it. Right 
now. And then, boom, no now. <laughs> no such thing. There's not, this is not a linear occurrence. The linear occurrence is happening within the brain, the mind, and how we perceive time, moments. The great now is ever-presently now, always happening, always on. Everything that we're looking for is now here, not somewhere else, not something else, not somebody else. It's here. It's now. This is it. Here it is again and, and again. What is that? Well, you can't nail it down. It's ineffable. I've been trying for you as your quiet mind reporter in the field for years to be able to put this in this, this succinct paragraph. The isness is now. Uh, it sounds like nonsense, right? You have to experience it firsthand is another thing that I say. Let's not try to find something to put into our lives so that we can navigate it and survive it without blowing our tops. Everything that is and all that is right now is that is you. There isn't anything that is separate from the big you. There's nothing that's separate from the love, the conscious awareness. Everything is in that, and that is holding everything. It's holding everything, and it permeates everything. So this is the repetition. So I'm going to keep coming back and saying the same thing, because there is no formula to navigating this to be okay. That... That's an old, an old paradigm of mine as your reporter. I have to drop it. I've been wanting to drop it for quite a while. Because that's not the point. The point is, how do I do, do, a, do a better job at life? That's not the point. The point is self-realization. Self Understanding and knowing the self Understanding and knowing for oneself what that is not and what it is. It can't be this and not that if everything is oneness. I hear it a lot. We're all one. We're all one big thing except for that asshole over there. He's not one of the ones unless he changes. Now, if he were to change and stop being a jerk then he could be part of our oneness circle of love. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's, that isn't it. I'm sorry to tell you all, you know, but I can't pull punches with you. Um, I figure you're in earnest and you, you know, you, you want this. It's like the old Zen thing. Go after it like your hair is on fire. <laughs> your head's on fire. You know, ah, no, we must just sit and be peaceful and, you know, promote um, kindness and uh, loving, loving, loving compassion. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. It's great. And these things do, in a way, kind of bring about the understanding with a capital U. But there are many, many ways 
to seeing? Is it my hope that you'll understand? This is all I have to say. As this allowed me to see, it is speaking to you through the Robert thingamajig. I can't take any responsible for what is <laughs> being broadcast here. If I get out of the way, this comes out in its own time. And you know, I stumble along because this is, uh, this is something that is uh, not exactly straightforward, though it is. What happened to you? Nothing happened to anyone. There are a lot of analogies about the wave and the ocean and, you know, trying to explain water to a fish. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of it, you know? Guys, we're all, we're all fish in the water and we have no idea that we're in the water. We are not only in it, but we are of it. As the fish comes from that space, he is of that. He is also in it, and it surrounds him, and it is uh, within him, holds him, nurtures him, gives him everything he needs, or she, little fishy. Us little fishies, we have no idea that we're in the water. Desperately searching for that which surrounds us and also is in us, within us, all, always, since the beginning of the beginning. The space, the void, that Buddhism points to all the time. This is it, and all the rest of it is it, and nothing is excluded from it, and there's no special club here, where you have to fill out an application and they do a background check and then you go through years of rigorous you know, training and education about the club uh, before the board finally puts you through your last test to make sure that you are really completely, totally just a loving, sweet being before you get into the club. That's not how it works. This denotes, once again, it denotes the dualistic mindset. And that's just how the mind works. It takes things apart. Um, the mind might also spend years trying to convince itself that it has had some sort of spiritual awakening. Like I've, I've mentioned this before, that's kind of like you're, you're kind of like a prisoner within your own prison, and you're, you're the guards, and you are also the warden, and you're trying to plot your escape. So there isn't any aspect of you that doesn't know what's about to happen next as far as your escape at attempt. In that being that, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to, quote-unquote, go behind the ego's back to self-realization. And there comes a point where you rest more in the heart. I think Ramana Maharshi said this. It, it's beautiful. Let the mind rest in the heart. That's wonderful. That's also kind of a dualistic <laughs> interpretation, but that doesn't matter. But the point is that 
when we can rest more and more in this absolute, this self with the capital S, and knowing that that is us, the true nature, this is the thing that is not impermanent. This is the thing that is permanent. It does not die away. It was never born. This void, this emptiness that we all reside in and come from, that is our nature, this thing is unchanging. We rest in that, and, and it's funny, when it, whenever I say we rest in that, that denotes there's a we and an it. Like I said, semantics, trying to talk about it, wow. Maybe 10 years from now, I'll be really eloquent with this. Poor you, you'll have to listen for the next 10 years as it's not very eloquent. But this is what I'm trying to share with you, is this knowing. It's not something that you, I'm putting into practice or theory. This is, a, this is something that is a knowing that I'm trying to point to. Not easy. <laughs> but I'm going to keep trying. Um, so... Once we see that there is nothing separate from that one, and that that one is in and of itself empty, the void, we begin to rest more and more. So there are less opinions and judgments, ideas, concepts, and stories about what it is and what it isn't. Who can get into the club and who can't get into the club? Who needs to do more work before they can get in the club? And those that have, will, are excluded from the club forever. Bad people. Resting in that knowing that all of this is connected in one from that void is the, the feeling of something coming home to rest in that knowing. All I can say is, speaking from my own day-to-day, there's time now that is spent in that space. Who is in it? There's no one in it. These are just words. There's a watcher, a witness, someone realizing that it is in something that is or could be called home. In that home where... There's a resting in the understanding that all is well, that nothing needs to change. It's not a nihilistic or nihilistic <laughs> viewpoint. It's, it's not about, uh, 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 um, I can't really grasp the other word that kind of relates to that. Let me sit for a second. I'll let this Harley Davidson go by the road. Thank you, Harley-Davidson Motorcycle Company, for making podcasting a challenge. So, the nihilistic viewpoint in that nothing matters. You know, it's collapsed. There's no point to any of this. There's no need to try to figure it out. We're just here while we're here, and then we die, and there's nothing after that. Um, this is so far from that that there is no no need to even discuss it. Those that want to see it as such will until they are ready to stop with that story. This is so much the opposite of that that it is, in fact, the opposite of that. But it also sees and accepts every viewpoint. 
Nothing is turned away from the witnessing consciousness. This non-judgmental seeing of all. All is well, all is fine, all is as it should be. Everything is exactly perfectly balanced. In seeing that, holding it in this silence, if you will, and knowing is the big surrender into the one that is has no second. So the, the big surrender, letting go into the one without a second, can be perceived or, or, or uh, um, reported as a silence. So I'm using my words. We're here. This is a, this is a medium where I speak. This, is a, this, is, this brings back the dualistic perspective. This brings back into our moment with each other the thing that we call conversing, conversation, talking about it. And that's okay. Here we are in this relative world sharing in this context. And the pointer is, I say to you, it feels like coming home. It feels as if everything has come to a resting point. This does not exclude anything. This includes all things as they are in that space of knowing. Even all the things that we could label bad, horrific, or that we would challenge in saying, how can there be a loving God when all of these children have been killed in Syria? If we are perceiving that God, loving being, Loving being God means I never hurt anyone and nothing gets destroyed. Then our perception of that is exclusive. We, we have this, this understanding that a God, a loving God, must behave as such. So shall an awakening, awakened Buddha person. She would be very sweet, very kind, very loving, very compassionate accepting all except for maybe some of those bad people. So <laughs> as soon as we humanize it, we've lost it. But as we're conversing, it can take on the human quality, which is the gift of life, as I've said before. The gift of life is understanding that what is embodied within this human experience through our mind thingies is the concept of right and wrong doesn't come up in any other being that I know of because I can't talk to my cats about it where we can have a conversation. You know, I could say, Magic, aren't you really upset with Marley? Because she, you were just there minding your own business and she attacked you and she was vicious. And here you are, you've just kind of forgotten about it. Is, is Magic the cat sitting there ruminating over this last experience with Marley? and saying that she is a bad cat and she has to be good? There are bad cats and good cats? I don't know. Could happen. There is a such thing as, as a conditioning. You know, if you were to be cruel to an animal over a period of time, then it, it's, its response is going to be, it, it's going to be a, a cumulative response that it may re react in a certain way during a certain time in a certain moment around certain activities. Right, but these we could just say are are more primitive. Primitive, their their primal responses coming from that reptilian mind. Right, 
That's all well and good. All this stuff is within the realm of mind. All the talking that we're doing is within the realm of mind. Even if we think that we're, with, we're in the loving awareness at home, still within the realm of mind. It's all mind, is a Buddhist thing. In other words, if we're not here, is this still going to happen? So why be attached to it? Why be so busy, busy all the time for this one thing, only to come to a point where you will no longer care about that thing, or you will no longer be able to possess that thing because now you are dead? So what's crucial within that understanding? Where am I going with this? What's crucial within that understanding is what I'm saying in knowing the understanding all is well. All is as it should be. All things are happening as they are, as they should be. The human mind will label things as suffering, as good, as bad, as joyful. And that gift we have is the discernment. This is bad. This is wrong. I'm going to take this kitten off the road right now. I'm going to take it home because it's wrong that it's here alone in the, in the street. I share a lot of these things on, on my Facebook page because they're moving to me. I am going to help this homeless person and not judge them, give them some food. It's not because I'm better than the rest of the people who don't give a shit. It's because I am moved to do so, because I understand, I know what it's like to go without food. This is not right that homeless people should be hungry, no matter what their state is. That can be, that's a, an idea, that's a concept, that's a perception of mine that comes from a mind that can discern and it can say, we all deserve food and shelter and um, to be taken care of. We all deserve love, empathy, and understanding. So this is our gift, to rise above our own survival instincts, facing our fear, discerning between what is right and wrong, good or bad, opening our heart to that, being loving, putting others first. These are all wonderful things. Does it make a difference in the whole spectrum of everything? Possibly not. Does it make a difference in your life in that moment? Yes, it, it probably will. Are you doing it with humility? So these are all things that we can look at with our mind because we have the ability to be able to, to assess, to judge, to look, to say no, to say yes, good, bad. But understand that the source, the loving awareness, home, God, whatever you want to call this, creator, it doesn't matter. That is an unconditionally loving source. It gives the same sunlight to the criminal as it does to the police officer. Everyone gets the same warmth of the sun. Everyone has the same opportunity for understanding their own individual expression. 
I hope this isn't sounding too preachy. <laughs> anyway, my point is that that's what's interesting about being a human as compared to maybe being a tree, is the ability to be able to have uh, compassion and empathy for others. It could be solely a human um, uh, attribute, right? So that being said, how do I put that into my life? <laughs> That's very interesting. That's the paradigm we're breaking. What are the tools that I can use to put into my life so that I can be more something, more happy, more loving, more compassionate, more whatever? What I'm saying is, is that already exists. There's no need to put anything into anything. There isn't even any way to do that. That's all an illusion to put more into what already is. What I'm pointing to is, can you see this? Everything is as it should be. All is well. Well, does that mean that I stop working for Greenpeace? No, not at all. It's just now you're starting to understand who or what is really moving all of this. We're going to push past the phases of what I grew up in as the me era of, great, well, how then can I get more stuff? <laughs> right? How can I make more money? How can I have more friends? How can I have the respect of others? Now, the happiness trend and the be in the moment trend and the be more mindful trend. Stop. This is it. I'll say it again. This is it here. You are that. You are what you're seeking. Ask the question, who or what am I? Find that in your mind and follow it all the way to its source. You're home. You've always been home. You're okay. You've always been okay. Yes, shit has happened to you. Shit has happened to me. Shit has happened to all of us. We're all in this together. <laughs> I don't want to um, take away from you that traumatic experience that you've had that may be worse than my traumatic experiences that I've had. I don't want to devalue that. We may need to process, we may need to do these things, we may need to do work. I'm just that one resource that's going to say to you again, this is it. You are that with a capital T. You are what you are searching for. There is no moment to be in. There's nothing to do. 
There's no one to save. You can just stop and rest in the heart. The heart, quote-unquote, heart-mind that I talk about in my book I'm still working on, that is that all-encompassing space, the loving awareness, the loving conscious awareness that's holding everything right now. You are that. That is home. And right now I'm making that motion to, to bring in my palms together to my heart here in front of my chest, in front of the microphone. This is always here. Centered within you, as it's always been. The suchness, the isness, the Buddha nature, the Christ consciousness, here, now, holding everything in its loving embrace. And you are that. That's the message. I'm very happy to share that with you. And I'm very happy that you're here listening, taking the time to be here. It's courageous. If you like what I'm doing, the podcast does cost money to produce. And I've set up a Patreon account www.patreon.com forward slash a quiet mind. There are a couple of different ways that you can come on as someone who wants to support this material. Please visit that website. And always I'm open to any kind of contact with you via email, a quiet mind at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is Robert, and we'll be speaking to you soon. Mm-hmm.